Them other guys ain't got no style. We know what's up before we go down. This is the rundown. This is the rundown. If you ain't know the deal, I bet you know now. This is the fans' voice. You hit them both cows. This what the people need and what they want now. This is the rundown. This is the rundown. If you ain't know the deal, I bet you know now. This is the rundown. This is the running down. This is the running down. And if you ain't know the deal, I bet you know now. Yeah. Yeah. What's happening? What it do? What up, though? It's the homie, homie CL. We bet live on the Rundown South podcast. Gotta know that. And I'd like to thank y'all for joining me. However, you're joining me, I very much appreciate it. And if you like this podcast, hopefully you came through from therundown.com. That's D-A, rundown.com. Got to know that. And if you're really liking this, you can get it every time it come out. Just slide on over to your favorite podcast catcher, whether that be iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, Google Play. We all over the place, man. We right there. We try to be there for you. You know, we ain't trying to run from you. We want to be there. So, Go ahead, add us to your feed. And if you like what you're hearing, go ahead, give us a review. Hopefully five stars. I don't need nothing less. I mean, you slick hate, but it is what it is. But uh, today on the podcast, I got the homie Keith Nelson Jr. Back live in effect. It's been a minute, man. What's going on, Keith? Yeah, man. Yo, smoothie here. I mean, it's been a minute, but, you know, I've been, I've been, I've been flying around. But I'm here having to touch down with the Rundown Podcast, of course. We ain't a new era. We ain't a new day. No LeBron James in the finals. Drake's in the finals. Like, it's, <laughs> it's crazy right now. It is very surreal. And today on the podcast, of course, we're going to talk about uh, the NBA finals uh, and what happened in the conference finals. We got Toronto versus Golden State. Like Keith said, no LeBron James in sight for the first time in forever. Uh, and then after we talk about the finals, we're going to get into some – topics about hip-hop shows and you know just the different formats and things that's going on because keith has a lot of experience being at shows since you have the great tour tales uh over there on revolt tv so thank you thank you and uh you're doing a very good job with those that like i said before that janelle monet joint you was really showing your ass (laughs) (laughs) yo i had to man she's you, you you can't write about somebody as transformative and as daring as you know when they and not put your foot into that shit i mean she body bags every performance so i had to man thank you for reading it of course oh always man i i try to keep up with everything you do but sometimes you be dropping shit so fast i can't keep up i ain't gonna yeah. lie you be having like <laughs> four pieces in like two weeks i'm like oh damn you dropped something else yeah. oh definitely 100 percent. yeah i, I got I'm, I'm trying to steal it back but definitely going to try to Make sure people see what I'm doing and stuff like that. Shit, that's a bet, man. So yeah, y'all, y'all follow Keith. Y'all <clears throat> see what all he's working on because, like, I, he's the freelance master. So he's all over the place. Revolt TV with OK Player. Anywhere else, I'm forgetting about. Uh, well, not OK Player, but um, oh, Revolt, no. TV, Revolt TV, Vibe, Vibe, okay. uh, One Thirty Seven PM, which is Gary V's website. That's right. And I got at the Shadow League, and I got some other ones cooking up. You know, for the two for the. 
for the 2019, 2020, you know, got some games cooking up. Yeah, gang. We in there, man. So, uh, man, before we get into the finals, man, now, have you listened to much music of the baby? Yeah, actually, I, I have listened to the baby. I, I, I got into the baby because, um, shout out to Young Nudie's manager, TP. He he really put me on to the baby after I interviewed him. In, I interviewed his um, I told him for Revolt Tour Tales last year. He he kind of put me on to him, but I didn't really really get into him mm-hmm. until I did my interview with Jetson May. Jetson May is, is is the one who does. He did a bunch of songs. He did Suge, yeah. um, the baby. I heard he, he, his his tag on a lot of his tracks, at least yeah, the top he, ones. He's next, bro. He's super next. He like that. That whole sound is, is is blowing up right now. But like, but then when, when I interviewed him, I like to do my research. And before I went into that, I was like, okay, this nigga, this nigga, baby, okay, this nigga say he's going baby on baby, okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that's my literally. You can check my tweets, whatever. After I heard that, I was like, this is my favorite phrase in hip hop right now. I'm about to go baby on baby, like. <laughs> that's, 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 <laughs> It's beautiful. I love it. I love it. Uh, it, there, like the, it is very yeah. poetic in the way he does lay it out. And uh, I was I was a little slow to it because there's so many new artists dropping all the time. You know, you have to kind of pick and choose your spots. But once you cross over to just like jumping all in my timeline and people are memeing what you're talking about, it's like, okay, what's going on? What you got? Let me see what's going on here. And I'm gonna say this, I like him, and I feel yeah. like he's an upgrade from the Mumble Rap. It's, it's very clear. I see what he's trying to do, and I respect what the young brother was doing. At first, I was a little intimidated because I was like, "Why is your name the baby? Like you couldn't come up with nothing else." But, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, once I got past that, I was like, "Okay, this, this shit kind of rocking." I could, I don't have to skip every song, so I'm like, "This is good." I'm a good thing. That and I mean, it's 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 unfortunate that that's a bar you gotta pass in this day and age. Because I grew up in an era where not being able to skip a song, you know, was the minimum you had to do. You had to at least be because like not not having to skip a song doesn't mean every song is hot. It means every song isn't bad enough that I'm like I don't want to hear any more of this. Yes, you know what I mean. Exactly. That's all. It is. That's the bare minimum. Now that's an achievement. You know what I mean? Now it's like oh I didn't skip any song like that. I'm like, yeah, because that's what you're supposed to. That's good right. music. <laughs> exactly. So that that right there. Now I'm not gonna compare him to another artist with a similar name, uh, that I do have to skip some of his songs quite often. Uh but yes, you are uh, correct. Uh, this is a this is the old standard coming back. So I, I can very much appreciate that guy. So uh you know, I'm I'm gonna keep my eye out on him. I might, yeah. have, I might have to reach out. And then also, yeah. real quick, bro, yo, my apologies, because I'm from Atlanta, but, like, I, it took me a minute to get over J.I.D.'s voice. Same but here. Same here. I'm fucking with him, too. So. No, J.I.D. is insane. Like, he's one of those artists where he was so good. He's so good. Even when I was, like, a little bit turned off to his voice, I still was like, there's something there. Like there's something that he's like he's doing amazing because I because the, the I think his first joint was the story never told or something like that, uh, if I'm not if I'm not, not mistaken, but like I was like not I was not really into JID like that, 
But then this DiCaprio, DiCaprio too. Oh man, mm-hmm. I was like, it, yeah, the Never Story was his first um, project that like he put out, I think. And like I was like, yeah, it's cool, it's, it's good. It, it sounded very much like um, uh, a lot of it sounded like uh, Kendrick shit. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm not really fucking with that. And real quick before I even, I don't want to say too much top of it, but that's kind of now that I think back, I don't think that J Cole is or he purposely started to build a team similar to TDE but I do think that TDE rubbed off on what kind of team he built because Ari Lennox amazing R&B that's singer that's a great point huh? that's like you, you you made a great point and when you just said that it's just like a light bulb went off in my head because like, Ari Lennox amazing amazing singer when I first heard her on on Backseat on um the dream uh, Revenge of a Dreamers 2 that compilation in 2016 mm. I was like I swear to you I thought it was SZA I was like this is SZA like that voice that is SZA and like Ari doesn't sound like that anymore I think I think her sound same thing with, with J.I.D. I think certain songs I was like that's Kendrick right that's K-Dot but now it's like he, he definitely doesn't sound like that anymore um, as much there's still moments where I'm like okay it sounds a little bit like Kendrick but like I mean this is a voice yeah, he still has his, own, he has his own voice right and and Sometimes, as a writer in this industry, one of the things that I it, it, it kind of like a catch twenty two is that I'm I'm around so much music that I have very little attention span for things that don't amaze me because there's so much out there. Mm-hmm. I'm if you're not amazing me, I'm gonna skip, and I regret skipping on the Never Story. Like I I, I heard it when it first came out. Like I literally was bumping it the first day it came out, and I just didn't I I didn't get past like the first few songs and I was like, ah, this is not, maybe this is, and I, and I, and I never went back until like about a year ago, I went back and I heard, I was like, oh, Ed, 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 Eddie, this nigga is fire. Mm-hmm. Me and my son, nigga, me and, like, Ed, 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 Ed. and I'm like, that's, that's his sound. Yes. That's your sound. You know what I mean? Yes. So I did fuck with J.I.D. He's a great performer too. So yeah, dope dude. But I, I, I feel like a little bit of Dreamville was, modeled after what TDE was able to do um, with the kind of artists that they had, like the kind of structure they had, like Omen being, being like the deep thinking wise one, like an ab soul. Yeah. I, I wouldn't consider that boss. I mean, boss is more of a, a good blending boss. Actually is very much like their, their um, schoolboy Q J rock kind of person where it's like, Oh, Scuba Q more so because he he blends in all of their styles, and but then he could also just turn up. Yeah, like turn. Like, I saw Boss at Dreamville cool. Festival, and box. he got the biggest reaction next to Cole. Okay, and he and he performed in the daytime. Mm. Think about that. Think about that. The sun. Anybody who knows festival, and, and we'll get into this later. Or I want to. Anybody who knows festival is will know if you're performing and the sun's still out. The your startup either either that lineup is ridiculous, mm-hmm. or your startup is is it where it is. And the reason he's the only reason he was performing in the daytime was because the startup was you couldn't replace them. It was Big Sean. Oh yeah, uh, Twenty One Savage, J Cole. Like you can't replace you can't replace you, who you gonna replace? Nobody. Right. You gotta let you gotta let them go. You got you got you just gotta have to 
you know, take that, you know, but but he killed it. He killed it. He performed like I think at four o'clock or something like that. And it was amazing. But shout out to, to Bass and um I, I, I do think that there's a little connection between T D and, and Dreamville, but I'll leave it at that. Okay, well, we might have to explore that. I'm gonna do a little bit more research because I know me personally, I haven't gotten too far into bias. Uh, so I'm going to need to just go through the whole Dreamville roster pretty much and and get that whole thing together. Because, like, I, I know what you're saying. Like, I've heard songs and things from different people. And it's like, yeah, it does give you that kind of, like, real, like, earthy, down-home, like, real intellectual type shit that, you know, the, I guess, like, the older millennials can really feel. Yeah, 100%. We got Golden State Warriors. They took care of the Portland Trailblazers in four games. Uh, I was a little disappointed, not going to lie. You know, I, was, I, I, I really wanted Dame and them to give them a little fight, but they just couldn't figure out the pick and roll. I, I just didn't understand that. And they, they couldn't figure out the pick and roll. And um, also, oh, yeah, there's this guy on the Warriors. He kind of was the undisputed MVP like a couple years ago. Kind of redefined the game. Kind of broke fucking records. Oh yeah, he's also there. And I feel like not maybe not true, but a lot of people, even at, at some points myself, forgot just how much of a video game cheat code Steph Curry was yes. because he's playing with an even bigger to me cheat code in Kevin Durant and had to defer to him. What Steph Curry did after Kevin Durant went down is one of the greatest things he's ever done as an NBA player. Like, this man hmm. just, like, ever. When, when, when Steph Curry, when, when Kevin Durant went down, all the talk, the talk was, do you know how much people did not believe in Steph Curry? Everybody, right. said, the, everybody said the Rockets were going to win game six. Like to the point where, where they were like, "This is a formality." Like everybody was like, "Oh, it's gonna be it's gonna be seven games." All right, cool. It's gonna be seven games. Like you know, nobody thought that. Oh, step, come on, they don't got Kevin Durant. Like, and I know Charles Barkley isn't a good barometer of competent NBA analysis. Yes, but Charles Barkley was like, "They did definitely not be in Houston without Kevin Durant." Like he said, he said definitely not happening without Kevin Durant. And even I was like. Oh yeah, it might it, it might go seven, and then the the first half happened, and Steph Curry had zero points in the first half. Zero points in the first half. The Rockets are up, so you, it's almost a foregone conclusion. Yeah, this is going seven. Okay, and then Steph Curry said, "No, the fuck it ain't. <laughs> no, the fuck it ain't going seven, player. We out. <laughs> we out this bitch. Right, man. my team went off for thirty points, thirty three and a half." In it's a half. Absolutely ridiculous. And, you know, while, while we're talking about Houston, um, I wasn't surprised at some of the things that leaked out about Chris Paul 
being pissed off about the way that they were playing offense. Oh, I didn't hear that. What happened? And it's, I literally was just talking about it on the podcast because I was looking at some of the statistics. Like I'm, I'm an actual NBA nerd. I will go out in my spare time and look up advanced statistics and compare them for my own pleasure. Like Um, I'm a nerd. I will give you that when it comes to basketball. That's why I fuck with you. And I was looking at pick and roll efficiency and Chris Paul toward the top shooting 50%, you know, as, as you would expect, because he's a great pick and roll player, James Harden toward the bottom. He was shooting about 30% on pick and rolls, very inefficient on it. And I'm like, well, if the pick and roll is working when you, Chris Paul has the ball, then why don't you just try to figure something out with, uh, James Harden and you know me thinking I'm just like well that's just a coaching thing but come to find out I wasn't the only one mad about how that turned out it was Chris Paul as well so I, I think that piece is on either Bleacher Report or The Ringer I can't remember uh, but yeah just get that shit to read it, it, it was very interesting I got it. it's, not, it's not surprising like um, I'm not sure if you saw the, um, the video of the interview and I love I want Kobe to be an NBA commentator ASAP. I would put, I would pay money. I mean, I should pay for this ESPN Plus and watch. His, oh yeah, um, the detail. I should start doing that. But like Kobe said in an interview with with, with McGrady and McGrady, and it was like two old heads that like McGrady didn't even need Kobe to finish his his entire sentence to say Kobe was like, "Yo, that that style of play in playoffs cannot win you championships. That style of play of one guy being ball dominant." Like so ball dominant that like he shifts the entire way you play basketball. You cannot do that because then you can key in on that in the playoff series. I always tell people, I always say, don't look at the season too much and think what's going to happen in the playoffs. Exactly. Like whenever people say, oh well, the like I remember in 2017 um when the Warriors played, and I'll get back to Chris Paul real quick. Sorry about that, but like when the Warriors played the Cavs, right? Mm-hmm. And I think the I think the, the Cavs won the, the season series or they split it, something like that. And there was actual human beings with human brains, <laughs> adults that were saying, "You see, they split the season. They beat them last year in seven when they went seven three and nine. You know what? They could they could take the Warriors." I was like, no. "These motherfuckers are getting are getting swept." It's a this is not. I, I, I was like, do you understand that you have to play them four times? <laughs> like, just playing the Warriors once times. is tough. Imagine yes. having played them four times in like a week and a half. Just them, nobody else. You you play one team over and over and over again, and you think you could beat them, bro? The minute KD came to that squad and the playoffs started, sweep, 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 sweep. But then they lost the game, sixteen and one. They did they did shit that Shaq and Kobe didn't do. Sixteen and sweeps all around. So yeah. when so so that's my thing when it comes to like a guy like James Harden. Yes, I love I love how James Harden plays for the season. It's a great way to play for the season because you get the best highlights and you can't game plan too much for James Harden in the season because you 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 can't think too far ahead as a coach. You don't think about game right. 16 while you're doing game nine. You know what I mean? 
you think about who's next and who's next and who's next. So you got to game plan different ways. So you, you, James Harden, you can exploit that. When you got, when you can game plan for James Harden, look, look what the Warriors did. Look what the Warriors did. All they did was 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 play him up, play 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 him to his chest. You might risk one of those new fouls where you got you got to get them landing space, which is a great foul, a great change in the rules. But then yeah. what you'll really mostly get is James Harden not having enough space to do anything. Yeah, and then. And then that- you, I'm about to say, bro, that, that that foul thing was not working in the playoffs. That that whole thing where you just not actually shooting the shot and you just throwing your hands yeah. up, it absolutely flopped on him in the playoffs. 100%. And it was so sad to see a player of his caliber. You could see in his face that when they took away everything, he started to go to that. He started to go to, like, I, I got I got pitch to the refs, which I am, I am of the school of thought that, yes, being able to get fouls is a skill. I do believe that. Being able oh, to use the rules, yes, I do think that, that is a skill. However, sometimes James Harden turns it from a skill to just a crutch. It's a crutch, exactly. But the biggest but the biggest surprise is that we can get to um the mastery if you want that is Kawhi Leonard. Um mm. the the biggest crutch or the biggest mess up was Clint Capella. He was the biggest regression in talent of anybody. Everybody else pretty much played the same. Like everybody pretty much was the same. James Harden was still balling. Dude was dropping thirty here, thirty there. Like he was still James Harden. It took a lot of shots, but it was still James Harden. Clint Capella was atrocious. He was getting no boards. He wasn't scoring any points. He was not he was not a factor at all in, in that series. And it was he he in the regular season he went sixteen he went 16 and 12. In the postseason, he went 9 and 10 mm. on average. 9 yeah. and 10. Yeah, and that's he not got worse. He had a game. He had back to back games of six points. Now, here's my thing if you're a big man, yes, get boards. He got, he definitely averaged, he averaged um, a good, I think he averaged like, uh, 10 or 11 boards, maybe 12 boards a game for that series. Great. You did half your job. You did half your job. You think that getting boards is going to beat the Golden State Warriors? Nah, bro. Nah. Bruh, you got to put some, if, if they don't fear you as an offensive threat, then they're going to, then they can sag off and do help defense. Right. He doesn't have a jumper. And like, if you're a big man, you, pretty much can trip into six points when you play enough minutes. You know, there is no yeah. reason why between the, the pick and roll sets and just being able to just get open, he shouldn't have had more than six points in some of those games. But Yo, CL, real quick, in game five, a must-win game. This is a game five. Kevin Durant um, it just got injured in a must-win game. They only lost by five points this game. You win this game and you pretty much go up um, you go up three two, and you're going back home to end this shit. In a in a must win game, almost he plays 26 minutes, gets 14 boards, great, scores six points on 30 percent shooting. Now I understand if you score six points because you were tentative. Right. How the fuck do you score ten six points on 30 percent shooting? <laughs> what the fuck was you doing and you're shooting at the rim too by the way like you're, you're not far from the rim 
By the way, you're at the rim. Yeah, yeah. You you, you should trip. Like you say you should trip into into six points. He went three for ten. Yeah. Three for ten. Yeah, that, 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 that was amazing. Getting back Kevin Durant, I assume, for the finals. And it's looking like Boogie is on track to coming back, too. Now, that does make them scary on paper. But I do worry about the chemistry. Because uh, okay. I remember, what year was that? When Dwight Howard went to the, the finals. And uh, what? It was skipped to Malou, uh, right for Austin. He was there. He was running point while Jameer Nelson was hurt and got to the finals. Jameer Nelson was healthy. He went back to the bench, and it just wasn't quite the same. Now, this mm-hmm. is the Warriors, and they do have a little bit more of an established formula. So it might not be that bad, but I am concerned about the chemistry when they get into the finals. That's a good point. And also, it's a good point because now, I didn't even think about that. I'm glad you brought that up because not only does the chemistry become an issue because of of, 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 you get Kevin Durant and DeMar's cousins, and of course, yes, um, one plus one is always equal to. It does not always, especially when it comes to basketball teams. Right. Um, But also, you're facing, even though, even though this is the Raptors as a franchise's first time being in the NBA Finals, this is Kawhi Leonard and, and, and Danny Green's, what, third time mm-hmm. being in the NBA Finals? This is Marcus Gasol's 11th year in the NBA. So you're facing a veteran. You could have been facing the Bucks with Giannis, first time ever being this deep in the playoffs in yeah. his life. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, in a bunch of, But you're facing a team that is – Clicking right now, clicking it on all cylinders. Their chemistry is off the charts, and you might have to add in Kevin Durant and Demar because there will be some issues. However, and I need to make this clear as day for the listeners right now. I need anybody to put their ears very close. Are you getting ready to make a pick? Chemistry don't mean shit. When you are getting Kevin Durant and Demarcus Cousins, <laughs> the Warriors are going to win this series in about. You know what? I'm gonna give them six because I got I got super respect for what Kawhi Leonard has done. Honestly, he bro. Um, wow. Okay, hold on. Before, before you get into that, now going into the series of Milwaukee versus Toronto, who did you have winning it in how many games? I had the Raptors. Okay. In six. I had them in six, actually. I had them in seven. Um, yeah, what? I had them going in seven, but we, we was both agreeing. Now, what was your reason for picking the Raptors? Kawhi Leonard. Okay, then. Kawhi. Thank you. Uh, Kawhi Leonard. I had, I think it's, I think, and also, 
I don't want to throw anybody under the bus, but Zach Lowe, ESPN, what about he's my favorite basketball writer uh, right now. And he just, he, it, 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 that whole writing community and all these smart people, for some reason, just completely wrote off the Raptors. Like, they were, yeah. like, they were, like, like the minute, once the Bucks went up two games and they won the first two home games, it was like, everybody was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they're the best team. Uh, at some point, they, yeah. He said, he literally said on his podcast, and I, I, I gotta, I, I'm not saying verbatim. He said, "Do you know how many times the Bucks have lost three times in a row? Twice. Do you know how many times they lost four times? Never. Like he was making it seem like it can't happen. And I'm sitting there like, bro, did you, are we not watching Kawhi Leonard? Exactly. Like, so I, so I, I went into the series. I went into the playoffs thinking it was going to be Celtics Raptors. Honestly, I thought it was going to be Celtics Raptors. I can see that, but the the Boston didn't show me enough during the regular season that they had their shit together to get past Milwaukee. Boston is the only reason. Boston is is actually the only reason why what you said about chemistry might make sense because everybody thought one plus one equals two. They went to the East Coast Finals last year, and now they're getting Gordon Hayward and and Kyrie back. Duh, they're going to the Finals. It's a done deal. I... Thought it was. I thought it was a done deal until Toronto had their first thirty games. Do you remember that first 20, 25 games where everybody was like, "Holy shit, the yeah. Raptors are <laughs> like they didn't have a slow start at all. They had it was literally the because you these teams start up slow. You got to figure each other out. Like said, chemistry. You 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 get you get two big guys uh-huh. that are now running your team, and it, it, it's no sort of because. The reason why I don't start up slow is because Kawhi Leonard is a team player. He just happens to be able to drop 35 a game if he needed to. Exactly. That's it. He's a team guy first. So I went into it thinking the Raptors gonna have a, are going to have a great series from Kawhi Leonard. Um, Siakam, that, that young boy, that Yo, boy. I, I'm fooling oh, with Siakam. I, I, I did not know anything about him going into this season, but he was he's ready right now. But also, you need it, and in every series, you need that. What the fuck, you guy? Every yes. every team had it. The Raptors, I mean, the, the Bucks had it. That's why the series was so good. Was because the Bucks had everything the Raptors had. They just didn't have enough of it. Like the Bucks had their transcendent star who could do everything. And Giannis, just it's just that Giannis. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He over he he averaged twenty eight. You know, twenty eight ten. I mean, no, he averaged twenty two and thirteen in this series. Those are great numbers. Those are great numbers yes, uh, on the you know on the surface. But then not they're not Kawhi. Kawhi. Yeah, like now when you're playing Kawhi, that that does not Kawhi. apply. Yeah, because Kawhi averaged twenty nine and nine. That's the difference. That's how you lose those extra five or six points. It's how you lose by five or six points. You know what I mean? You're yep. evenly matched until that guy does the extra thing. And you needed those people who are going to be on the side that you're like, what the fuck? You and Fred Van fucking Vliet. Shout out. He. Hey, hold bro. on. Talk about somebody whose face doesn't match their name. Like he's one of, he's an all timer. Because if I told you his name was Fred Van Vliet, you're like, you mean the white guy on the man, Like, no, he's not even close. My man looks like Joe. Joe, um, Joe Johnson. That's his, that, even though the player, <laughs> or like maybe, or maybe, um, he looks a little Spanish. He looks, I, mean, I thought he was Spanish. 
I don't understand this. But this dude turned it on, bro. He had, like, I, I, it was literally, he had games where he didn't score in double digits the whole playoffs, uh, except for game one against the Magic. That was the first game where he had double digits. He didn't have another double-digit game until game four when they turned that bitch around. He went an entire, like, month of scoring 10 or less, nine or less points, not really being a factor. And then out of nowhere, he goes 13 and six, 21 and one on the road with seven trillers. And then he comes back with a 14, 14 and two, four threes, 80% from the three point line. Bro, who was a what? Yo. And it, there's two things there. Now I love Zach Lowe. Just like you, I love reading him. I love his podcast. Super intelligent when it comes to basketball. I have learned so much about basketball and coverages and all these things because he breaks it down smarter than anybody else that Uh I read or listen to. I agree. And I'm just like, but you know, Kawhi, that's the guy that gives LeBron trouble. Like, who else gives LeBron trouble and makes LeBron say, God damn it, is he coming back in? (laughs) It's Kawhi. Like, why would you think that Giannis could do what he wanted against Kawhi Leonard when the best player, or I should say the best well-rounded player, has trouble with him on a regular? Mm -hmm. So that right there was one thing that I was riding on when I made my prediction. I was like, oh, Giannis is not going to be doing the same thing that he's been doing to everybody else. And then the other thing, I'm going to have to give a super big shout out to Nick Nurse. Had no clue who he was going into this season, but he does the thing that I cannot stand. Let me say, he does the thing that when I look at other coaches and I can't stand doing it, it's making adjustments because some of them just won't do it. Like, uh, what's what's uh, Houston coach name? He just never likes to make adjustments. But Nick Nurse, from game three on, you saw more Fred Van Vliet picking roles. That's why he was getting open so much. I was watching. I was like, okay, so they weren't doing this before. And then they start running that, that wall against uh, Giannis to where he was – having to give the ball up quicker than expected. And then the passes weren't open because there were three, four guys crowding him every single time. And I just love everything that they changed. And then, you know, even in the games where they were down at halftime, they would come back out at halftime with some adjustments. And that's why I felt going into game six last night, I'm like, they're going to wrap this up. Because if Milwaukee doesn't get up like 20, 25 by halftime, they're not winning this game. Because there's nope. there's something about Toronto that has a little bit of that golden status. Like we're not actually out of the game at all at any point until it's like two minutes left in the game. So I can't believe they blew multiple double digit I knew the I knew the Bucks were for real when everybody thought they were because of one metric, one metric, same thing with the um, Blazers. 
you can't keep a double digit lead for more than three minutes. Oh, like, like what the hell is going on? And you and your home. Wait, you're home, and you can't keep a double digit lead for more than three minutes. That is so indicting. Bro, the Raptors went on a 26-3 to run to go from down 15 to up 8 in, in that last game. 26-3. to You scored how many points? That's disgusting. Bro, when I saw that run, and my boy, I was watching my boy, and I said, I was like, the Raptors were, um, the, um, Bucks, the Raptors were down 15. I was like, all he needs Kawhi to start, start a run, just start a run. And he literally had a layup. Two, okay, two on run. I literally, that's how I think. Whenever I play 2K, whenever I watch any kind of thing, I think it's brick by brick, brick by brick, make a house. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it was like two on run, boom, get a steal, four on run, boom, there you go. They had four on run. And I literally looked away, and out of nowhere, I said, all he needs eight on one. And then, like, we didn't even realize that the run was going on. And then the fucking graphic came up. 22 to 3. And he was like, what the fuck? <laughs> oh, bro, too many times, too often. And this is why I was like, hold off on coordinating um, yes. Giannis yet. I think he's a great talent. but it, And this is why I'm so hard on him. And I'm so hard on LeBron. And I'm so hard on music and everything. This is how I grew up. And this is how I think. Is that when you get to a higher level... That don't just mean you you get extra privilege. You get the you get the privilege you get of being great is the benefit of the doubt. Exactly. You get that. You don't get the oh everything you do is fine now. Like whatever you do is great. There's no more scrutiny. You are now great. No, when you want to get to that level that Giannis was getting to, that MVP elite level, because I still think he's one of the best players. I still think he's elite. I think he's one of the best players in the NBA. Yes. Oh, without a doubt. But. When you want to get to that super elite level, the Steph Curry, the KD, the the um the the Kawhi Leonard, the LeBron James is that's a different level. Yes, that's a that's the cream cream of the crop. Like Damian Lillard's not there yet, Westbrook is not there yet. I don't think. You know what I mean? There's a lot of great players. Embiid's not there yet. Ben Simmons. I don't want to talk about Ben Simmons ever again. He's a fraud. <laughs> He's a fucking fraud. I'd have had to. I'd have had to dismiss him on two straight podcasts. Like fucking I, fraud. That shit like, is ridiculous. I don't, like, I don't get into that. But there's too many times with Giannis where he just looked like he had nothing. It was either bulldoze or Euro step pass. Yep. It's it it was a little one dimensional ish because he does not have that jump shot. But oh was, like that is the one thing that's that will make him unstoppable. If he comes back next year with a jump shot, y'all better fucking watch out. No, he no not just a jump shot. He the jump shot and he needs moves. Oh you yeah, need a jump shot. yeah. He do need a couple like dribble moves. Whoa. But I don't, I don't know. It's like could he? It's basically like asking him to turn into Kevin Durant. You know, have him yeah. have the dribble moves and the jump shot. I... Look, he doesn't have to do that to 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 win. These these Bucks, as constructed, can make the NBA Finals as constructed. Like they didn't get blown out. They didn't like get swept. This is true. Like these Bucks can win and go to the NBA Finals one hundred percent. Like that's a definite. They can do that um, if as constructed right now. What he needs that he only needs that if he wants to be to the next level and not need another player. But right now, he could he could literally get another player. Like, Chris Middleton could finally wake the fuck up and play like an all-star. 
That's he could have had that. This nigga Chris Middleton was the biggest disappointment in the whole series. Biggest. He's his number two guy playing like number two in the toilet. Like I mean, it's it's like what what's going on over there? And I mean, I, I feel like that we are watching Giannis have his last run, and that's really why um, not having LeBron in the East is so good. Yeah, it's because it's because because I get it. The Warriors constantly going to the finals means that they have kept a lot of great teams. You know, they kept those the Thunder, those those Thunder from the finals. They kept Spurs from the finals. They kept a lot of great up and coming teams too. The Blazers, a lot of great up and coming teams have been kept in the finals. The Grizzlies because of the Warriors because they were so great. And I mm-hmm. get that. I I get that. And the same for LeBron. And I, and I think that this is the last year where I'm going to actively want the Warriors to win. You know what I mean? Like, I'm always think they're going to win. Like, okay. if, they can, if, if they're together like, like they are now, if KD comes back and stays, I'm going to always think, yeah, they're winning the NBA Finals. But I right. hope somebody else does. But this is the last year where I'm like, I I, I hope the Warriors win. Because I, w- I want to see the three-peat. I want to see the dynasty be just the greatest ever or since – since the Celtics up 60s. I want to see it completed. I want to see all of that. But the thing with LeBron leaving the East is now every year there's no longer a full-blown conclusion about who's going to be where. Exactly. Drama. Now we're thinking, ooh, now Giannis has to come back. But wait a minute, Embiid was Embiid left what was left crying at, at, after the, the the greatest jump shot in Raptors history. Like, and also will Kawhi come back? Yes. Oh, is yeah. Kyrie leaving? Are the Celtics going to be good? Oh, wait a minute, is, are the Knicks going to get KD? Every yo, bro, there's a storyline everywhere, bro, in almost everything. Like, the Magic. The Magic are they are they now for real a for real playoff team? You know what I mean? It the, the Nets are they, what the is it? it right. You don't know who. But it, we got to see what's gonna happen with D'Angelo Russell and his contract. Is he gonna come back <laughs> and all that? And then of course you got Kemba Walker who's a free agent and he just got to the NBA uh, All NBA team, so now he qualifies for the Supermax. So is he gonna stay in Charlotte and collect two hundred and fifty plus million, or is he gonna look for some winners? So yeah, yeah wait, man, it, it's it's a lot. Wait, back that up a little a little bit. You said is he going to stay in Charlotte and collect two hundred fifty million? What you should have said is is Michael Jordan going to offer him to, to stay in Charlotte? <laughs> Mike, Mike Mike just might be like, I'm not paying that money for you. Right. But, but who else you going to give it to? Who yeah, else you got? Honestly, honestly, you can give that money and and rebuild this team. What are the Hornets? What 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 are they? I mean, yeah, they're they're not a contender in the latest, <clears throat> least no, of sense, but what's their identity? Like just define you, you, you can define the Warriors past past happy, you know, everybody gets a sugar. You can define the Rockets, you know, ball dominant, James Harden. What are what's what I don't know what the what, what the Hornets are. And I never know for his entire career. Do they have? Have they ever had an identity of like what kind of team they are? It hasn't. And 
um, what's his name? Steve Clifford. I mean, they they got a decent coach, and they've had some players come in and out. They they were close. They were fighting for the playoffs this year. Uh, I I feel like they do have something they can build on with Kimball, but it would just take some better work in the draft and trying to find some undervalued free agents to bring in or make some acquisitions. But I'm not sure if that organization is capable of doing some of those things. This is uh, the team that took Frank the Tank in the first round. Uh, you know, like they, they made some egregious mistakes that have caused Kimba to suffer as a Charlotte Bobcat. So, Frank, oh my God, or Charlotte I can't Hornet, I should say. I, I say Bobcat. See how old I am. Uh, I mean, the Hornets are older, right? So that's what I'm saying. I'm like, but just to, because I'm older, that's what I'm saying. Like, I just messed up because I'm older. That's that's what that was. But uh, yeah, man, I, I they they've been a disaster for a while. But yeah. I'm everybody so has not, to have their guy, you know. But why not cut? But Somebody, Jay Williams ain't spent, and I hate everything Jay Williams says, but he made a good point. Do you build a team around Kimber Walker? Uh, like maybe five years ago, yes. Yes, you definitely do. But in this NBA, and, I, and he had a great season. He had an amazing season last year. Oh, I definitely but, know that. But do you build a team? Do you give that guy $250 million? I mean, I mean, for when me... He, like it just depends on what you're trying to do. If you're just gonna sell some tickets, if you're not really worried about being a contender like that, then yeah, go ahead and pay them because that's that's your main attraction. Yeah, but if you, but if you want to rebuild, and, and also Jordan has proven he's okay, not okay, but he understands that you got to lose to win. Mm-hmm. So he is he's okay with. I, I think he's okay. He'd be okay with letting Kimba go because he, he now his cost now exceeds his output. So now, either he, either he restructures his contract and he wants to take less, and he's okay with that, or you got to go because for two hundred fifty million for five years, something like that, or whatever, or whatever the crazy six years, whatever the, the crazy ass number is, you can go and get a bunch of guys over that same time. You know what I mean? This free this free agent market is open. I mean, yeah, it is. yeah, you could, but who's coming to Charlotte? That's that's another thing. It's not. There's not a lot of people just. Yo, I'm gonna live Charlotte, man. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm finna go kick it in Charlotte. Like I ain't gonna lie, bro. I mean, it's a it's a lot to do, especially as a black man with a lot of money in Charlotte. You know, uh, you can ask uh, Cam Newton about that. He uh, he knows about that area well. He and he he is notorious for having a good time uh, in Charlotte, but nobody is really trying to sign up to go there, and. I mean, he's just going to have to make a decision whether or not it's like, well, I, it's really up to Kim, but I, I don't think it's a question whether or not he's going to get the offer. It's just whether or not Kimba values just being the guy in the city or if he wants to go to a contender. And, you know, I feel like in, in this NBA, in the small ball NBA, you can build something around Kimba. It just takes some, you know, some smarter – uh, configuring and a little better scouting is the, they would have some work to do. Like it's possible, but you just but that, have the things to go around him because he does I, give you that, that high scoring output every other night. He can give you, you know, the distribution that you need. Like there's enough things there 
that if you just went after the right type of people, you could do something. Okay, I mean, yeah, I think he could. I definitely agree with you. You know what I mean? I, I don't want to harp too much on Kimba and, and all of this. I know. Yeah, because we get a little off track. We got we got to get back on the train. Too true. But like, but my my last thing is, I think that my biggest problem with Kimba is is and not, I think it's problem with his with him being there is that I think that he's outgrown the position he's been given. I think, or, or I think he's underperformed a little bit. I think he has great numbers. He has great numbers. He had, he had a really good season. Yes, you could add more, but then it's like you're still not going to be guaranteed. Like Kimba doesn't I, – I just don't think Kimba has – he doesn't show me that, you know, just give me another shooter or give me another this. It's going to all work out. And then you got to factor in that the lack of play Lakers had. So once you brought in Magic Johnson, you're going to have to get better. And that was a catastrophe. young dude But they brought him in because there was a – when it comes to free about – Magic Johnson. I think we all. You know, I think you. It was underestimated. It's easy to get creators to go to LA, but still, it's still Magic Johnson. That's why these old, these retired players get those kind of jobs because it's like you. It's still about Michael Jordan, and you want to be. You want to be the first team where he gets his first title because he's gonna. Michael Jordan is gonna get an NBA title as an NBA executive. That's gonna happen. You think so? That's that's gonna. He is. I, I read an article on. The probably the greatest Michael Jordan article I've ever read when he turned fifty, and on ESPN, and I, I and I applaud everybody. To, and he was still trying to work out to get back to his game weight. When, when <laughs> he still worked out like a madman to get back to his game weight. He has a competitive drive oh that will never die. It I will mean, never die. This is true. The only way Mike, the only way he doesn't get an NBA title as an NBA executive is if. God forbid he leaves this earth before it happens, but it's going to happen. If he's if he's alive, he's going to be all in, and he's going to get that title. And then we're going to have to talk. We're going to have to put some more respect on the greatest player of all time's name. I, I mean, I have my doubts about that, just because his past track record has proven otherwise that he can put together a team that's competent enough to go far. Uh, when he's behind the chair, so I'm I'm very skeptical of that. But you know, you you have a feeling we're gonna see who's right. Yeah, you know, going forward. Now you did bring up Magic Johnson real quick, and then we're gonna transition. Better beef, Magic versus Palinka or KD versus Brassard? It's not, it's not it's not close. It's um Magic versus Palinka. Okay. Bro, yeah. This is Magic Johnson. It, forget that. Even if you forget who it is saying what to who, it is the Lakers' former president of basketball operations saying on publicly on television that the guy who is now running the basketball operations stabs him in the back. He was a he did the backstabbing. <laughs> he lied. Yeah, and he did. And that was he did it oh, publicly. Oh, he did take. it. He did it on first take. No hesitation at the, and yo. And the thing about it was, Stephen A. tried to give him an out, and he was like, "Nah, it was Rob. It definitely was Rob, it was Rob. doing that." It was Rob. And, and him saying that made me think, "Yep, he went there for, with a with a purpose. He went there with a purpose that I am going to sow discord. 
like this guy, Rob Palenka, worked behind the scenes, allegedly, worked behind the scenes that had me, my job so hard to do that I would leave so that he could take my job. Because he kept saying, I know we work in the business. He said, he said on oh, for sake, which I saw very interesting, I understand that at sometimes we work in a, in a competitive industry and you, and I, I'm all for wanting to get ahead, you know, or, or get somebody else's job, but the, but the, but the, but the right way, something like that. Yeah. So he was, I think he was alluding like, yeah, he, I, he did this. He made this happen so that he can get that job. So Matty Johnson in a very fucking, I mean, I, I didn't get it fast on the day he planned, he timed it too. He did it on the day, hours before Rob Palenka was going to introduce the new coach. Okay. None of that was fucking by accident. Now, real quick, real quick, because I, I listened to Bomani Jones. He dropped the jewel that Magic had been booked for two weeks in advance. Ah, uh, okay. So that was kind of on the Lakers. Like, you, they had enough heads up knowing that Magic was going to be going on first take that day. You could have beat them to the punch on Friday, Saturday, whenever. But you let them go on first take, and then you do your press conference okay. after, and you don't expect to get uh, questions like that? Come on, man. Okay, but also, I think even though he might have been booked for two weeks, and I don't know how this how this booking works for ESPN, but the fact that he chose to honor that booking and not try to – and not want to do it a different day when he knew oh, they yeah. were going to announce yeah. it, yeah. That was intentional because he could have easily just been like, okay, my friend Jeannie Buss, my sister, forget friend, my sister, as he right. says, Jeannie Buss, she's about to have a new coach on her team. Uh, let me let me do this maybe next week or a day, a day later. The fact that he was like, oh, I got first take coming up, I'm definitely going there. Yeah, we're <laughs> doing this shit today. Yo, Magic like, was ready. Magic was ready. He was ready, so was, man. I, like, I can't fool with it, bro. It, it's that that. But you know what, man? I I really thought it was going to be a a disaster from the from the start because you know Magic Johnson has a reputation for being Magic Johnson. You yeah, know, he likes to do his thing. He likes to kick it hard, and he just didn't seem like a guy who would be grinding, trying to get the Lakers where they needed to be. And you know, it kind of panned out to be something like that. So, do you know what 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 really? Uh, I think was the end of Matt Johnson and the Lakers was how easily and how wildly he got outsmarted and played by um Dell Dimps, my guy over there at the um, on the Pelicans. Mm-hmm. Bro, he he had Matt Johnson looking like a fucking fool out here, bro. Changing the offer every two days. Now he wants this. Now he wants Kuzma. So at one point there was a point that I think that Matty Johnson was willing to offer the 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 the, the, the Godfather deal of Kuzma, Lonzo, Ingram, and a pick or something like that for for AD. Oh wow, yeah, that that was and a big was like, and, and then and then they were just talking and it kept leaking. And then guess what? The trade deadline passed, and they're like, "Nope, we're good. We're good." And yeah. And then you got exposed. Your whole locker room was like, "You really, you really care that much about winning now that you would just give up the future?" Fuck. Yeah. Like the it, whole, it, that it was, was when it was over. That was that was tough. when it was like, "Yep, 
Maddie yeah, Johnson no longer has because because also to the Lakers. Boy, that, that was New Orleans doing that though. They was playing some real dirty pool, bro. They really played them out. But but that's the thing about it. This is what you get Matt Johnson for. For to, to not get played. They got Matt Johnson because how do you not like magic? You gotta love magic. Everybody he's, loves magic. Yeah. You yeah, right about so that. He's, he's so he's friends with everybody in the NBA. All the owners, all the executives. He's friends with he's close with everybody. So when you have that in your corner, you would think deals like this would get made. And even if they don't get made, you wouldn't think that Magic would go that far to try to make a deal get made because he believes so much in giving LeBron James a superstar mm-hmm. next to him now and not, and not waiting until free agency. Doing it now. Yeah. Because LeBron. Because LeBron only has certain only so, has so many years. That's really what it was. It, like they wouldn't do, or he wouldn't go that hard if he thought, "Oh, we got LeBron James for a while." He's like, "No, this four year contract could be it." Yeah. So he wanted to win. He wanted to. I, I bet you, Matt Johnson wanted to win next year. He he wanted to get. He wanted to win a title next year. That was probably his plan. I mean, of course, he, of course, because you know you got LeBron. Easy. Yeah, got LeBron. Get AD um, during a trade. Get a superstar on, on the offseason, boom, the big three. Now we get a title. Now he got a fucking distracted. He had he had a distracted team. He had he created so much uh, c- c- confusion. And then also when you go on first take, guess what you just do? You make it so every single player knows how fucked up the the management is at the Lakers because. In, in two ways. One, you tell yeah, them yeah, all yeah. the ways that, that, that they fucked up. And then in the second way, second way, you see that, wait a minute, you you guys are so fucked up that the your former basketball operation dude is spilling the tea with Stephen A. Smith? <laughs> yeah, man. That, it, that, that situation got so ugly so quick. I I don't see how you join it. I don't see how, I don't see how any free agent, major free agent joins them. Yes, LeBron's there. Cool, be hard, bro. But I, I mean, hey, man, Jimmy Butler was looking for somewhere to live, you know, and he's not exactly that that guy who's looked at as a a super happy camper. I'm not, I'm not sure exactly what motivates Jimmy Butler, but I'm, I'm we're gonna we're gonna cut the NBA free agent talk off right now, and uh, all right. I'm, yeah, because I feel like I could we could stretch out on a whole podcast about that. And we we kind of did, but uh, before we transition into the music, I'm just gonna say this: um, I went out after the game and got on the Facebook, got on the Twitter, and I told people that Toronto was going to win in seven. Now you already said. They might the Warriors probably gonna get it done in six, if not less. So yeah, I know where I you stand. I wholeheartedly believe that there is enough motivation within Kawhi Leonard to will the Toronto Raptors to a win in the championship. And not only that, like I said earlier in the pod, I think Nick Nurse might be a next level tactician. I think, I, I think he has some some tricks up his sleeve 
And on the fact that he loves to make those adjustments, if they keep running these pick and rolls, I I feel like he can find a lineup. Now, my cousin said they don't have enough speed, but I think they do. You know, you might not have to play Marcus all that much, but I really think that they can stay with the Warriors because they have Kawhi and Siakam and Ibaka and, you know, Fred Van Vliet, who you can put on Steph Curry, who he's probably going to get problems, but, of course, who doesn't? Uh, but, you know, you, I feel like there's a there is a scheme around it. And I also feel that that chemistry is going to be a problem. I, I know you said it doesn't matter, but I think it will. I think well, what, gonna, I think it's going to hurt him. CL, CL, I, I I understand. I love I love um, Kawhi Leonard. I think Kawhi Leonard is, a, is an amazing player. They they beat the the Bucks, a great team in six, on the back of improbable games from Fred Frank Van, Van Vliet. If Van Vliet scores, if he, instead of scoring 21, if he scores 13, they lose one game. Instead of scoring 15, he scores seven, they lose a game. And I know basketball is never like that. You can't just take one guy's points and minus that because it just the flow of it is just different. Then. I get that. This not I, I, it's like it's not about Kawhi. Kawhi's going to do Kawhi. Yeah, he's great. Is Kyle Lowry going to be Kyle Lowry? I, I don't think so, think so. bro. I, yo. I see a different Kyle Lowry right now because Kyle Lowry before with DeMar DeRozan, you know, my 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 favorite, I'm about to say my favorite meme is like the playoff Kyle Lowry versus regular season where like one is the Jurassic Park Raptor and then the other one is the Barney. It it, it was very descriptive of how it was in the past. But since... My bad. Let me me rephrase. I don't think... It's not, not it's Kyle, it's Kyle Lowry going to be Kyle Lowry. Is Kyle Lowry going to be more than Kyle Lowry? Because to beat the Warriors, you can't beat Kyle. Like, the way he played in, in the Bucks was was really good. That's not beating the Warriors at all. Okay. That's not beating the Warriors. Like, and, and I just think the Warriors are clicking too much. Yo, they lost their best player and swept niggas. They haven't lost yet. They lost to the red and it has gone and have gone 6-0. Busting ass against uh, 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 an amazing Raptors. Uh, I mean, five and zero. My bad. Could they? Could they? I mean, well, they lost them in that game, but I, I guess against five and zero. I mean, bro, like they they are showing at the highest level, and also chemistry is going to be one thing, but you're looking at it at a different way. You put Kevin Durant as one cousins, you might you know they might get a little, the chemistry might be a little off with them two coming in, but guess what? The chemistry you're overlooking. The chemistry of the core. That's why the Warriors went five and zero oh, because Draymond Green said, I'm, "I'm trying to be a fat and did a fucking diet." In <laughs> uh, March, he he literally did a diet and, and now he runs on Draymond Green. That's my homie. That's the dude right there. Yo, he if Draymond Green played how he played in the Blazers series, there's not a chance for the Raptors at all to even I, win a game. But I think it's going to be different. Like I said, I, I really think Nick Nurse is going to be letting him shoot all the threes that he wants. Uh, if if I'm gonna make a, uh, a prediction, I feel like Nick Nurse will scheme it up to the point where he's gonna make Draymond be MVP in order for the Warriors to win. 
He he can do that. I, I, he, he now he can, but I really think he's going to have to uh, put his. Yo, who's guarding who? Paul Siakam's going to be on KD. Kyle Lowry's going to be on Steph Curry. Yeah, I I mean this. So some of the defense, some of that shit gonna, is. Uh, it's gonna be hard. I know. I, I trust me. I I know it's gonna be uphill. But I feel like they had. He got I, something. Now we are gonna find out. Game two, one. It's in Toronto. I get him two games because Cousin definitely will not be a hundred percent when he gets back. That's just, I just you don't get that kind of injury and come back perfect. So he's gonna. He's definitely gonna take some time to get to get ready. So I think they can get those two games. And also Kawhi is gonna be um, amazing. I'll say this. I think the Raptors got home court advantage. Yes. Game one and two and in Toronto. That, that, and that's huge. Game one is it. It's the biggest. Game one is the series. Game one is the series. I'll put I, I'll put money on that. Game one is a series. If the Raptors lose game one against the Warriors without Kevin Durant and probably without Boogie for game one, they'll probably wait until game two or game three to bring them guys back if they need them. Without those two guys, game one, you're home, you're cooking. You just three days ago, three, four days ago, got rid of uh, – or five, four, five days ago, you got rid of the um, – but you are here, you're home. Mm. If you lose that game, I don't care. And, and anyway, even if it's a lucky – oh, my God, that was a lucky bounce pass, that means it was close. Right, oh, my God, right. the bad call, that means it was close. If any, If you lose this game at home – you are losing this series. Game one, this is the first time the Warriors, I think the first, I think this is the first time the Warriors are starting the NBA Finals on the road. This is the first time ever. If you lose yep. this game, it's over. There is no, there is, you can, you can win the next game, it's over. You can win this game and you can win game three in Oracle. Won't matter. Won't matter. Because the Warriors, once they get the whole team clicking back, you yeah, just yeah. lost. It's chance. it's really hard to get past that machine, man. And I'm I'm right now. I'm looking at the betting odds, uh, for the Raptors to win is horrible. They're like plus two fifty, which yep. you know means bet a hundred dollars, you get two fifty back. Uh, for the Raptors in seven, plus six hundred. Mm. Bro, I'm thinking about taking that bet because if I put fifty on it, I'm bringing back three hundred. Like, Yo, I don't see. That don't sound bad. I'm saying like it's a shot in the bucket, and just me from my inclinations, I almost would just put my money where my mouth is because that's just I don't know. That's a for me if from where I'm sitting, that is a really good uh, betting odds in my favor. So, it does seem honestly, I, I honestly that does seem like a, a good bet, and that's the only thing about the Warriors that sucks because that you can't make money off them winning because they just heavy favors. Yeah, every. Every single team, they every single time. Minus three ten. Ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. You're not winning. <laughs> you're, there's no point. It's just because you want to. There's no point in doing that. Uh, but I do feel like the only time you would do that is if like you come across like if somebody comes across it and gets you like uh, like you you come across ten thousand dollars like randomly like a bag of money in the, in, the, in, the, in like a safe somewhere. You go, oh yeah, I'm gonna put down eight hundred eight thousand dollars on the Warriors. Why? So I can make an extra twenty dollars for the bullshit like that. <laughs> but every time it's like it's just stupid. But I really feel, um, and I and I end my my point on this is I really feel that 
there's a lot of disrespect going on to the Warriors or about the Warriors' legacy, and it's because people don't like to admit the fact that this team is is inevitability. Yeah. And it, and you don't and you we all want drama, we want parody, so we go against. You become a villain just by being in the way. Exactly. By being something new. That's how they they didn't become a villain. What, like, what, what's the whole line? Uh, um, what do you say? Uh, you live long enough. We live long enough. You know, you, you, um, die be a hero. Live long enough to be the villain. Yep. You know what? I mean? Yeah, that's true. You're in the way. Like they haven't done. What did they do though? The worst thing they did was sign Kevin Durant. Cool. Sorry, they they signed the best player in the in the world, and that's what made the villains. Oh, they show off so much. Every team shows off. Every team ever ever shows off. Of course. Like it's, it's, like they haven't done anything extra where it's like, oh, these guys just like villains. They, they're just bad boys. No, nah, they they just they just keep winning, and they laugh a lot. So I think there's a lot of disrespect going on in terms of how people are picking these these games. Like it is complete disrespect that people thought that there was no way. Even even myself, I just expected them thinking there was no way the world was going to win Game Six without Kevin Durant against the Rockets. No, nah, I, I, I saw that. I was like, man, they're going to step all over him because Game Five told me everything I needed to know. So I was like, mm. there. It was it was looking like uh, Houston didn't really have it, and I, I knew from there on. And then once they got into Game One with the Blazers, and the Blazers could not hold that lead, I was like, okay, they're going to glide to the to the finals. This is a foregone conclusion right now. And so, let me see. When is game one? Thursday, nine o'clock. Get your popcorn ready. I know I will. Get ready. I expect a, a, a Steph Curry. Okay, let me ask you this. Who's okay. going to be, and I love picking this. This is my newest favorite thing to do now for, for playoff series. Okay. Is who, who's going to be the, who's going to be either the player and the moment too? Who's going to be the what the fuck you player of this series for each team? Oh, okay. I see it being probably Van Vliet again for the Raptors. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I could definitely see him just matching Steph three for three. You know, like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, that's not you. Uh, just based on what I've seen before. And he'll probably have either a moment in game one or two where, he, like I said, he's going to be going back and forth with Steph, helping keep them in the game. Mm-hmm. And then on the Warriors, I mean, bro, you know everybody on the Warriors, and you kind of know what to expect. So I, I'm, not, I can't really say who who's going to come out of nowhere. I mean, of course, you know when you run like a hundred pick and rolls with uh, Kevon Looney. You know, he yeah, ends up with 20 points uh, and all of them being dunks. But, you know, like that's that's part of the scheme. So I, I'm that's, not I'm not sure if there's something that I can say I'm not looking for. Yo, but that's my guy. It's, 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 it's Looney. Looney is my guy for the Warriors. I see him having one of those monster 15 rebound games where it's like, well, he it, it, he has it like, I think game one is going to be his, his day. I think game one, he plays bully ball with Marcus Hall and everybody in the paint, and he really shows that the Warriors have an inside presence without the Marcus Cousins, even even without that. And that's he's going to really force his will. Him and McKinney, but I, I really got it for him. Hmm. He's going to have in Game One. It's not Game One, Game Three. Okay. Game One, either Game One is to set the tone, or Game Three 
to get the Warriors either back in order or to give them the edge um, if it's tied 1-1. Um, and for the Raptors, I wanted to say Van Vliet, but I got to go with – I got to go with Siakam. I got to go with Siakam. Even though Siakam's been great, he's been amazing. Yes. He hasn't had a 35 and 10 game. Yeah, he, he hasn't had a big playoff moment yet. So I, I can see I that. Like him coming up big in, in the finals and being the player of the game, one, two, or, you know, game four, whatever. Like that will be a thing going yeah. forward that people would talk about as either a turning point or a point where something that they'll build off next year. So And yeah. I think that game for him is going to come game four. And it's going to keep the Raptors alive. I think Game Four is going to be. I really think. I, I really think by Game Four, the Warriors are going to be up two-one by Game Four, and he's going to play his ass off and get them to two-two, and then the Warriors are going to win the next two games. That's how I see it happening. But I think I think that's going to keep them alive. I, I predict Warriors win Game One, Raptors. Come back and and get game two because he had to. Warriors win game three. The action comes out, blows blows up, win game four, and then Steph, KD, Cousins, all the affinity stones come come together, <laughs> <laughs> and they and they and they snap their fucking fingers and everything turns to dust for the next two games. Got it. That's, that's it. That's it. That's how the series is gonna go. I saw it like Doctor Strange. <laughs> so, I book never, it. I never look at it like that, but yeah, they is like the freaking Avengers and shit, man. But all right, so man. When, let, they, let, when let, they come together, it's 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 like when they we and we haven't. And the crazy thing that we haven't even seen that's that's kind of what what is um so bad about Cousins' injury is that we never really got to see the Warriors as the Warriors Warriors. Right, like we didn't have too many games with like they, they, they like they never had that run where it's like yo the cousins KD and Steph and Clay all had twenty five plus. Mm, yeah, in one game we haven't seen it because if, if all if all four of them get twenty five plus, that's a hundred and thirty point game right there. Maybe that's like a one forty game. That's like a one forty to whatever the fuck bullshit the other team put up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think, and I think that if, if and that's the biggest fear. That's the thing. That's the biggest X factor. If DeMarcus Cousins plays anywhere near the Cousins we know, there is no way. There is no will to why they have. There's no nothing. If DeMarcus Cousins plays anywhere near a 2010 guy, this series is effectively over. Uh, yeah, I, I will give you that. If, if Cousins come out with a very strong showing uh, at any point during the series, we can pretty much hand the trophy to Golden State. I will... <laughs> Wholeheartedly agree with that. If you ain't know the deal, I bet you know now.